0: God, as always, this morning, amen. I'm going to invite you to grab your Bible and stand with me, amen. We're going to go to the word of the Lord. The last few weeks we've been, uh, I've just felt, to stay in the book of John, and we've kind of just been going through each story in the book of John, and we're now in John chapter 5, amen, and so I'm asking you to turn with me to John chapter 5 and verse number 1, Amen. There's a... An amazing amount of uh, stories and revelation in the book of John. Um, the book of John, as you study the Bible, uh, was written many years after these stories in the life of Jesus. Amen. If you study, you'll find that Matthew, Mark, and Luke was written more closely in, 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 in line with the timing of the actual events. But then the uh, writer St. John Came along many years later, and, and begin to write it more from a, a different perspective. And, and as you read your Bible, you see that John, immediately from chapter one, verse one, is completely different from every other gospel. In, um, in, the, in the four gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke will tell you about you know different things as far as the lineage of Jesus, and, and they'll kind of set the set the tone. Uh, the, the early life of Jesus John chapter 1 and 1 says In the beginning was the word And the word was with God He begins to establish, amen, that Jesus was God Amen And, uh, and it's just a different perspective entirely But John chapter 5 uh, Gives us another story Which is very powerful It says, after this There was And, and again, we're following the story That we ended last week with uh, The woman at the well uh, and the woman, of, the Samaritan woman It says after this there was a feast of the Jews uh, Which as we know uh, from studying the Bible It was the feast of Purim uh, Which was a feast of giving And it, involved in, you know, it was giving gifts uh, There was a feast of the Jews And Jesus went up to Jerusalem hey, You can t- stop and talk there about some other stuff Amen It's always an upward You're always going in the right direction You're going towards the house of God You're going up Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. And in these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. They were waiting for the moving of the water at that place called Bethesda. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool. And troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie, he and knew that he had been now a long time in that case. He saith unto him, "Wilt thou be made whole?" The impotent man answered him, "Sir." I have no man, when the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Amen. Ask the Lord that he would bless. Amen. This service. Amen. Speak to our hearts. Amen. My title is derived from a couple different points in verses two and three. Bethesda is uh, translated the house of mercy. Amen. It is uh, the house of mercy. And the Bible says in verse three that these this man was there was many people waiting for the moving of the water. And my title today is waiting in mercy. Mercy's house, amen. Jesus, we come before you today. We thank you for your spirit, we thank you for your power. We're thankful today for all that you've done, Lord, in this place. I ask you humbly today, God, that you would speak to each and every heart that is here in this place this morning, God. I pray, Lord, under the that there would be an unction of the Holy Ghost upon this message this morning, upon every heart. Every ear, Lord, that would open themselves to hear the word of the Lord today. I pray, God, that you would speak to us, God. It would bring radical change and transformation and shift into our lives, God. Let faith begin to reach out, God, and grab a hold of you. Let faith be loosed in this house, God. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. We thank you for all that you've done. Hallelujah. Everyone shout in Jesus name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Amen. Waiting in mercy's house. Amen. Just a few months ago. Amen. The year 2020, the year that we much rather forget. Amen. I don't know if you remember or recall what it was like standing in the long lines of Costco or maybe it was food for less or maybe it was Winco or whatever grocery store it was. They're at the height of the pandemic. And I remember as I pulled up to Costco on this fine day, amen, and I thought, I'm going to go in here and I'm going to take care of my family, get me some water, give me some toilet paper, give me some basic essentials. Uh, Not because I was panicking, but just because we just needed it. We were about to be out. So uh, something that we do regularly is go grocery shopping. But on this particular day, amen, as you probably remember, you had a similar experience. The line was... Out the door and down the parking lot and out to the street. I remember at Manteca very clearly, thinking as I pulled up, "Oh my Lord, what is going on here?" We are lined up and everybody is six feet apart and they had their mask on and I was, uh, I had latex gloves on. I was, and we were all just not wanting to get anything uh, that didn't belong to us in terms of a virus. And people were lined up and I remember thinking, "This line's going to take forever." Amen. Maybe you remember experiences like that waiting at your local grocery store. And, and for that, that few moments in my life, amen, I, I almost wanted to cry. I thought, I can't even get toilet paper for, for my family. I can't even get baby wipes. I can't even get diapers for my baby. What am I going to do? Amen. This is ridiculous. And this is this is a, a crazy what this what's happening to our world right now. And, but those long lines, amen, it, it kind of gives you a little bit of hopelessness. Amen. You probably felt that also, amen, if you ever had to visit your local uh, DMV office. Anybody shout amen to that. Amen. And you go to the DMV and, and the line's out the door and people are sitting all over the place and there's numbers. And, and you've got number 195 and there's they're calling number three or something ridiculous. And you're <laughs> thinking, oh my Lord, I'm going to be here all day long. It's re- and it's, it's almost depressing. You know, waiting in long, long lines is depressing. It's discouraging. Uh, similarly, you've probably been in a long line in a traffic stop and it's thinking, oh, my gosh, you can see or maybe it was an accident. You can see uh, just around the bend for a moment. The line goes for miles and there's a car accident. and You're just thinking this is I'm just sitting here waiting. And it's, it's it feels hopeless in that particular situation. Uh, and such was the case of this lame man that sat at uh, the pool of Bethesda on this particular day. Amen. When Jesus began to show up. Amen. It is generally believed that this feast that's referenced in John chapter 5, the feast of the Jews, was the feast of Purim, which was a feast in which the Jewish people would give presents to one another. Amen. And Jesus, of all people, would show up into this particular feast and the celebration. And he would show up and he would participate in this feast by a deed of miraculous proportions. Amen to the lame man at the pool of Bethesda. Amen. Jesus' concepts far exceed ours, as the Bible says. His ways are far above our ways, and his thoughts beyond our thoughts, and, and they're past finding out. And, and we show up to a party to give gifts, and Jesus walks through the front doors and says, I'm fixing to give you a gift that, that can that, that nothing else will compare to in all of the days of your life. Let me tell you something, man. You might have been there for 38 years waiting at the pool of Bethesda, but I'm having to show up to the feast of Purim and I'm gonna give you a gift that you've never had before in your life. I'm fixing to radically transform your life with the gift of my presence. Amen. Aren't you thankful that John chapter 3 and 16, just one chapter, a couple chapters previous, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life talking about the giver of good gifts. The Bible says every good and perfect gift cometh down from the Father of lights and whom is no variable and is in the shadow of turning. Hallelujah. He knows how to give in such a way that your life will be forever blessed and forever enriched. As we begin to study and we begin to look, dive deeper into John chapter 5 and it talks about the sheep gate. Exactly what was the sheep gate? The sheep gate was... That entrance into the city of Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Where the the shepherd people. Or or the people that were going to the temple to worship. Would bring their sheep. Would bring their oxen. And they would bring them through this gate. Amen. And this gate was uh, close in proximity to the temple. Because this was the sheep gate. And people bringing their sacrifices to the temple to worship. Hallelujah. And it was the symbolic of sacrifice. And there was... Things that took place at the Sheep Gate uh, that were of epic proportions. Uh, Amen. But uh, this was the Sheep Gate. And and as we begin to look at the story that is told in John chapter 5, the the man begins to reference to Jesus uh, about the troubling of the waters that would happen. And as we read the story, we find that the, the Bible says the angel of the Lord would go down and would begin to trouble the waters. And at that moment, whoever would jump into the waters would be healed of their infirmity. Amen. God caused the troubling of the waters. Hear me today. God is the one that would cause the troubling of the waters. But he would lead the sick to get themselves in. Amen. God will trouble some situations in your life. And God will stir some things up. But the responsibility is upon each and every one of us. To say, God, when I see your spirit moving, I'm going to get involved. I'm going to jump in, regardless of how I may feel and what's happening around me, because God is the one that troubles the waters. Troubled waters are oftentimes healing waters. Hallelujah. Troubled waters are oftentimes healing waters. Hallelujah, in the moment of your trouble, in the moment of your distress, is the moment when God can perform miracles in your life. It is the moment when God can begin to turn things upside down and turn things around in your life. God is the one that troubles the waters. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're reading this story of John 5 and we're trying to get a visual image. And the Bible says that in verse 3, in these uh, porches, they lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered and waiting for the moving of the waters. But the Bible says that there was a great multitude. And as we begin to look at spiritual applications in our lives, and there's always an application for Bible scriptures. Someone say praise the, praise the Lord. The world is in the Bethesda. The world is the crowded spot where sickness abounds spiritually amen the world is the Bethesda type of the world where there is so much uh, trouble and there's sickness and there's there's problems and there's hangups and there's par- paralyzed people and, and there's so much selfishness and there's so much things that are going on in Bethesda amen but can I tell somebody today there's still room in the father's house? there's still room in the Father's house. Bethesda was filled with people that were paralyzed. And in this world today, there's people that are paralyzed by sin. They're paralyzed by their evil, destructive habits. And they're paralyzed by worldliness. Hallelujah. We see that sometimes even in a service god could be moving and there's things that are happening and some people are paralyzed because of cardinality and they can't lift their hands and they can't worship god because the world has a grip upon them and they're paralyzed in sin right, come on. Amen. the world has uh, amen it's bethesda's it has its alleviating elements hallelujah and bethesda had the troubling waters Amen. And there's going to always be things that the world will try to offer you and say this is a quick fix. This is something that will help you to manage and how to get by. But it's never a, quick, it's never a solution to bring radical change and transformation in your life. In the world, it's one illicit relationship after another. It's one high after another. In the world, it's, it's a life devoid of Christ and filled with activity but never having the peace of God. And that rest that comes with living for God. And we see in John chapter 5 that Bethesda was filled with people that were sadly selfish. Amen. It was really every man for himself at the pool of Bethesda. If you didn't have a connection, if you didn't have a resource, you were going to sit there, amen, and never be able to get ahead. Never be able to reach wholeness or completeness in life, amen. But one thing that the world has is the world has a glorious Savior, amen. it's Jesus Christ that's come to seek and to save that which was lost. He's come to seek and to save that which was lost. And he has saved my life. He has been good to me. He has been faithful to me. Hallelujah. There were times in my life when I called out to the Lord. And I said, God, you've got to help me. I've told it before. Amen. But there's times in my life when I I, I wanted to do what my flesh wanted to do. I I knew that I was on a self-destructive path. I knew that. If I, if I kept playing with things and toying with things, it would destroy me. And my flesh wanted it. To, but inside, I knew that it was wrong. And I would simply pray. The most honest prayer I could pray was, God, help me. God, help me. And God always responds to the cry of His people. Hallelujah. In verse 3, there is a great multitude of impotent folk. Amen. What does it mean to be an impotent folk? It means to be somebody that is sick, somebody that is powerless and without strength. Hallelujah. And the Bible begins to quickly spell out in verse three what type of impotent folk there was at the pool of Bethesda. Number one, there was blind people. These are the people that can't see. Hallelujah. The Bible talks about they're unable to discern between their right hand and their left hand. They don't know between right and what's wrong. Today, we live in a day in which people don't know if they're they're male or female or somewhere in between. They don't know if they're attracted to the opposite sex or the same sex. They don't know, amen, what's black or white. They don't know what's up or down. They don't know what's going on. Hallelujah. But the Bible says that these were the kind of people that were at the pool of Bethesda. These were powerless people. They were blind people. The second thing that was there, uh, amen, at the pool of Bethesda was people that were halt or they were lame. They could not walk. Amen. These are people who don't have the ability to walk on both their two legs. They are lame because of either past accidents or because of diseases that have crippled them. Hallelujah. There's too many people that have allowed, amen, the enemy to work in their lives and he's taken them to the point that they're crippled. They Properly. they can't walk for God. They can't live. They have to have a healthy life, a normal family life. Amen. They cannot function on their own. And the third thing that's there in verse three is there was the withered people. Amen. These withered people, you begin to look at. What does it mean to be withered? Amen. If you spend any time out, outdoors in your in a garden, you walk through a garden, you've seen that what it means to be withered is something that is dried up. Something that is dried up, something that has no life, amen. Something that's withered, amen. It's, it's just completely dry and it begins to kind of wilt, amen. Because it's either not getting enough oxygen or enough water, amen. Something's amiss, amen. The withered are people that are lifeless. The withered are people that can't function normally, amen. Their, their lives are full of dysfunction. Amen. And they can't move like they used to move. Hallelujah. These are the kind of people. Amen. That the world is filled with. But can I tell you today that God came for the halt. He came for the blind. And He came for the withered. Amen. Not to pat them on the back and say continue as you were. But to give them a hand and to see their lives transformed by His power. It is God's will. That you don't stay the same way as when you walk through this church. It's the will of God that you are changed and transformed. If you're here today and you've been here for years, months, I don't know how long. And it's still the same thing. Amen. You're still struggling with the same things. Amen. You got to say, God, renew me in my mind. Let me be made new again. God, let there be transformation in my life. You know what God does to people that are blind, halt, and and withered is God offers them, Amen, a lifeline. God doesn't immediately set out to change them, but God asks them the question, Amen. He says, "Wilt thou be made whole? Right, right. Will thou be made whole?" Amen. And this man had been lame. Amen. For 38 years. Amen. The line at Costco was long. The line at the DMV was long. The traffic line was long. And he probably saw, man, by the time I get there, I'm going to be old. I'm on me. I might even be dead. Amen. This line that this lame man was in for 38 years was long. And God must have chosen to heal this man in particular. To show that it doesn't matter how long you've been in the condition that you've been in. Hear me in the Holy Ghost today. It doesn't matter how long you've been in the condition that you're in. He has the power at any one moment to to step in and to bring change and transformation to the life of the individual that's desirous and hungry for God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. He has the power to turn everything around the interesting thing was as the discourse would continue with jesus and the layman was the layman would proceed to tell jesus that the reason why he could not get where he wanted to get was because he did not have friends he did not have a man he did not have people amen he was a friendless outcast Hallelujah. Someday troubles may come upon you which no earthly friend can alleviate or understand. But can I tell you today that Jesus knows and He is still a friend to the friendless. He's still a father to the fatherless. And whatever the dysfunction, whatever the problems, whatever the relational issues, God can fix it. God can help you today. Hallelujah. 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 Let's lift up our hands to the Lord. Would you do that with me today? I'm asking the church, would you close your eyes and lift up your hands? Hallelujah. I want us to begin to talk to Jesus out loud. I want us to begin to worship Him right now. In the name of Jesus, I bind every spirit that would come against this service. God, I rebuke doubt. Hallelujah. I bind every spirit of hell, every spirit of infirmity, God. I lose faith in this house right now. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. Hallelujah. Upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Father, I believe, God, that you want to see somebody healed. I believe you want to see somebody delivered today. I believe you want to see somebody transformed by the power of God today hallelujah come on come on come on help me this morning jesus we love you today come on do i have any apostolic believers any holy ghost-filled believers Hallelujah. Hallelujah. hallelujah 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 The wonder of the Pool of Bethesda story is that at any one moment the angel could come down. It wasn't at a set moment, but it was at any given moment during the course of sitting there under the five porticos or the five porches that an angel of God could come down and could begin to trouble the waters because troubled waters are healing waters. And God has begun to trouble some people that He might perform the miraculous in your life hallelujah hallelujah when jesus asked him the question "Wilt thou be made whole the lame man responded with as what as one commentator writes he preferred to tear open his spiritual wounds to the first passerby and to hug his grievance and to tell his sad story hallelujah god began to ask him will you be made whole and he began to say well you know i don't i don't got a friend that would help me." And I've been here a long time, and let me tell you my sad story, amen, don't be like people, amen, that when God wants to move in your life, uh, you begin to go down the list of all the impossibilities that God has to overcome, uh, to get you to the place uh, of the miraculous, but why do we just determine right now, when God moves in my life, uh, I'll say like Mary, be it unto me according to thy will, be it unto me according to thy will hallelujah 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 but he began to tear open his spiritual wounds to the first passerby and tell him his sad story hallelujah we don't want to hear all the sad stories we want to hear amen the word of faith today hallelujah sing god i believe yes my past may have been bad yes i may have come out of a lot of things but if you'll speak over my life i believe that the best is yet to come Hallelujah, hallelujah. In the world such as as it was in Bethesda, it was every man for himself. But this question that Jesus asked the lame man, it was designed to take his mind off of Bethesda waters, off of alleviating elements in the world, and to begin to bring his attention and put him into contact with the Savior directly. God sent a preacher to you this morning, amen, to tell you, amen, get your eyes off of all the alleviating elements in life. Amen, get your eyes off of all the trivial stuff. Get your eyes off of temporary things. Get your eyes off of worldly appeasements. Get your eyes off the gods of this world. And set your eyes upon Jesus. Because as one songwriter said, only Jesus can satisfy your soul. Only He can feel and make you whole. He'll give you peace and ever new love and joy in heaven too. Only Jesus can satisfy your soul. You know all this lame man really wanted. All that he really wanted was just to get into the pool. All that the lame man wanted was just I got to get into the pool. But Jesus. As we said a moment ago, His ways are far above our ways. It is His will. In fact, He said, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Amen. Amen. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. All that this man wanted was to get into the pool of Bethesda. But Jesus wanted him to have, amen, unimpeded access to a limitless Jesus still probably remembered a chapter earlier as he sat with the woman at the well and said, hey Amen, if you knew what I had, you would ask of me, and I would have given you to drink of some living waters. And here is a story of some more water. Amen. God is showing the people, He's showing us today that there is a limitless supply of water and there is a limitless supply of the Spirit for whosoever will. There's room at the cross for you today. The world may be crowded out to, hallelujah with selfish things. The world may be crowded out with people that are paralyzed by sin but there's room in the Father's house. There's one more today. Come on. This poor man, this lame man did not even ask Jesus to heal him. But on this particular occasion it was mercy that took the initiative. And here my title waiting in mercy's house. As the lame man waited in the house Uh, the pool of Bethesda, or which was the house of mercy. As he sat there in the house of mercy. Amen. Mercy took the initiative to reach out to him. Amen. When you go to your doctor, amen, at your local clinic or hospital or whatever, the doctor generally starts by saying, tell me your disease. Tell me your problem. Tell me your symptoms. Tell me what you've been experiencing. Let me feel your pulse. Let me see if I can practice some medicine successfully on you today. Amen. But in this particular scenario, the great physician showed up. And in this specific case, the physician knew more than the patient. Amen. He knew all about the patient and knows all about you today. And he knows exactly what you have need of before you ask it says you want to get down to the pool but I want to see you changed and transformed I'm not only going to heal you I'm going to empower you Amen. to pick up your bed and to walk because verse 8 says rise take up that bed and walk why did he have to take up his bed Jesus could very simply have just said rise and walk rise and walk We can talk about the valley of good old-fashioned work. Amen. It's very important for everybody to have work to do. Idle minds are the devil's workshop. But he wanted the layman to show proof of his healing to the world around him. It's one thing, amen, for the layman to get up and walk. and People say, man, he looks familiar. I don't know what his story's background but when the lame man began to pick up his bed, they said, oh, he's a lame man walking. That's the bed he laid. I remember that bed. I remember him laying there for, gosh, as long as I've been alive. And they were able to identify him and say, hey, that is the miracle that God did. That's the man that God healed him from his his lame uh, youth. And God began to work in his life. Uh, Amen. No longer was he at the mercy of his sickness. Amen. No longer was he at the mercy of his bed, but now he had been an overcomer. Now he could take up his bed and he could walk victoriously and say, this thing once held me bound; It once held me, but now I, I, I got control. Amen. I'm an overcomer. God has done a great work in my life. God has been good to us. The pool of Bethesda. The Bible says it would provide healing waters to whomever would jump in. Amen. I'm not going to be very much longer this morning except to tell you that today there's an altar here and whoever will can come and experience what that lame man experienced some 2,000 years ago. Bethesda. The house of mercy. Mercy is an act that's meant to relieve somebody of their suffering. Why was Jesus found at the pool of Bethesda? I'm trying to approach this story from every different angle possible. And trying to extricate or extract, amen, truths and and, and applications for our lives. Why was Jesus at the pool of Bethesda? It's for this one thing. Because at the Pool of Bethesda was a great multitude of people that had needs. And Jesus is and was and will always be attracted to needs. He has always been attracted to needs. He has found where he has needed the most and where he has desired. The moment you and I begin to say, well, I don't need him anymore. I don't need what this preacher is talking about. I don't want any more truth than I already have. God walks away. He says, well, it looks like you got it all together, all by yourself. That's fine. But anytime somebody comes and says, God, I need you. I need you so desperately, God, in my life. There, there's there been, I can't tell you how many times I've come to prayer and I've just broken down from the moment I opened my mouth. And I just said, Jesus, I need you. Yes. And phew, the Spirit of God begins to come in. Yes. Because he's attracted to needs. Mm. You say, I've got lots of problems. I've got lots of issues. I've got lots of needs and hurts and disappointments. And then my mind's filled with confusion and there's despair. God says, if you'll let me take that, I'll lift that heavy load from your, your life. Your marriage doesn't have to be filled with dysfunction. You're, you don't have to have every... Uh, uh, there, there's some people that there's, their lives are so filled with problems and despair and strife and turmoil and, and sickness. And God says, give it to me. Yes. Stop trying to bear carry the load all by yourself. Amen. Amen. Cast your burden upon the Lord. Amen. But Jesus was attracted to the needs of... That were represented at the pool of Bethesda. And here today, if you've got a need in your life, God Almighty is attracted to your situation. And He waits for the moment that you'll begin to say, I will, I will be made whole, I will be made complete. I will have the intervention of God in my life. I've got to have it. God chose to extend mercy to those who were in pain, who were in poverty, who were in misery, and who had all sorts of diseases. He said, you're in the house of mercy. And I'm going to take the initiative to go to where you are. He recognized that the lame man could not get into the road where he would be walking by. So God said, I'm going to go down to where he is at the five porches of the five porticos for years there was uh people that would try to discredit the story here in john chapter 5 and say there's no such account there's no such historical uh uh importance so there's no there's no actual things that happened, such as john chapter 5 but a few years ago 2008 my father and i we went to the nation of israel the country of israel and we went to this place that was called bethesda and I remember seeing the different porticos and all the different stairwells and all the and the different pools that were that were there. And I remember thinking this is this got to be impossible for anybody to get down there in time. And you could imagine in your mind all the different stairwells and all the different porches and how crowded it would be to be the first one in. Amen. It would seem like an impossible feat, but just to, uh, as I mentioned, I was there, but if it was several years ago, several decades ago that they discovered the pool of Bethesda was still there. And there, there's uh, the revealing to us that the Bible story in John five actually took place. Amen. It actually happened. And the Bible is 100 percent true. And what we read in this book amen, as application for our lives in 2021. But Jesus did not take it for granted that because the man had an infirmity of longstanding, He was therefore anxious to be relieved from it. In fact, Jesus was more willing than the lame man to bring about his healing. And you think today, I want to be healed. You know what? God is on tippy toes saying, I want to touch you. I want to heal you. I want to touch your mind. I want to touch your marriage. I want to touch your body. I want to put my hands upon your life and bring about real change that's lasting. But it's not always so in all cases with spiritual disorders. It was a reproach against the self-righteous. That they did not know that they were poor, naked, blind, and miserable. This story is also meant to reveal to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. That just like, amen, uh, the people at the Pool of Bethesda were blind, halted, and and withered, amen, so too the Pharisees and the self-righteous and those that thumbed their nose and everybody that walked by and and tried to just be so critical in their spirit, uh, He began to speak against them and say that this was a reproach against them because they, they, they did not know it, but they too were in fact poor. They were naked, they were blind, and they were miserable in their sin. You see, sin is not always accompanied by a consciousness of sin. Right. Amen. Some people can be thinking that they're doing the right thing. I'm doing the right thing. And God is saying, no, you're sadly mistaken. Some people think, well, I'm doing the business of God. And God says, no, you're actually going the wrong direction, sweetheart. Such was Saul of Tarsus persecuting the church thinking I am clearing out the church of all the hypocrites all the heretics I'm clearing out the church of all the people that shouldn't be here and God said you're actually fighting against me and the story was a reproach against the self-righteous Pharisees that thought everything was right in their life and God said no you're just as sick as these people at the pool of Bethesda but he will give each and every man an opportunity to say, God, I will be made whole. Yes, amen. <clears throat> Would you stand with me this morning as the music begins to play softly? In this story that we read in John 5. Even though this man was waiting in the house of mercy, waiting in mercy's house, even divine mercy does not act independently of human confession, of human faith, and human desire. As wonderful as mercy is, it will make its way to you. But in that moment when it makes its way to your life, you've got to be the one that says, Okay, God. I'm going to grab a hold of mercy and I'm going to allow you to work in my life. The truth is that it cannot. For God cannot override the nature of man or of woman with which he has himself given to each one of us. As bad as the condition was for the lame man at the pool of Bethesda, as much as God wanted to heal him. God had to ask him. Will you be made whole? Will you have what God has for you? Do you want to be exactly where I called you to be? Do you want to know what it's like to be able to function fully as a child of God? Do you want to know what it's like to live in a land of promise? Do you want to be filled with my spirit? Do you want to be baptized in my name? Do you want what I've got for you? Amen. On this Sunday morning, God showed up and God's asking somebody the question, do you want to be made whole? Your response can either be, well, here, let me tell you all the reasons why I can't. Let Let me tell you all of my past mistakes and let me tell you all of my issues and all of my shortcomings and all the reasons why I can't. And God says, but if you want it, it's for you. If you want it, it's for you hallelujah and god cannot override the nature that he's given you to be able to decide for yourself but conversely amen when there is a desire in the heart of man and a desire in the heart of woman hallelujah there is a need that's real and it's a need that's heavy amen and needs begin to be combined with desires for the things of god Divine mercy will not, cannot, shall not be withheld from your life today. When you will come to his presence and say, God, I've got a need. And I also have a desire for you to help me. God says, I'm attracted to the needs that's in your life. And I was waiting for you to reach out to me. I want to help you today. Hallelujah. Would you lift your hands with me right now? Would you close your eyes? Would you lift your hands? And would you begin to open up your mouth? And would you begin to just say Jesus? Come on, however you got to say it, Jesus. I will be made whole, God. I don't want this man to have control over my life. I don't want my handicaps and my shortfalls and all of my impediments stop me from having what God has for my life. I wanted God. I wanted Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let me tell somebody today what Jesus did physically for the man at the pool of Bethesda. He is ready and willing to do spiritually to every man and every woman in this place today. Spiritually we come to Him and we are powerless. We are hopeless and we are helpless in our condition but when jesus shows up and can i tell you today that jesus is here this morning and he's looking and he's reaching and he's talking to you and he's saying will you be made whole will you be made whole will you be made whole? if you are willing jesus stands over your situation and he says, rise, take up your bed, become productive again, and begin to go forward and walk. Get up from where you are. Amen. In the act of obedience, you will begin to unlock the doors to your miracle. In the process of getting up, amen, and rising from his slumber, rising from his sickness, rising from his baddest. In the process of obeying the revealed word of God, then that storm began to open for him and he realized not only can I stand, but I can carry my bed. And as I pick up my bed, I begin to feel strength in my bones, strength in my ankles, strength in my feet and my legs, and I can walk and go forward. If you're here today under the sound of my voice and you're saying preacher, Amen. I've got to be made whole. Hallelujah. I've got to be more like Christ. I've got to have this presence and spirit and power in my life. I'm asking you just to throw your hands. If you're here today, you're saying, preacher, pastor, I will be made whole. I want you to throw both hands in the air as high as you can. And I want you to lift them up to the Lord. I want what you have for my life. Jesus, I will be made whole. I want what you have for my life. Hallelujah, would you lift your voice with me?